the chances of one man fulfilling all of these prophecies. The the numbers are just ridiculous. So that alone starts, and, and, you know, people people can argue about, oh, well, you know, it could have been written after he existed and all that. But anyone who's making those arguments is just talking garbage. They just haven't done any research. No, because we have a thing called the Septuagint. And um, you know about the Septuagint, right? Yeah, yeah. So about 100-odd years before uh, Jesus was born, uh, a bunch of Greek scholars got together, 70 Greek scholars, which is where the name Septuagint comes from, 70 Greek scholars got together and translated the entire Old Testament and some other apocryphal works from ancient Hebrew into Greek, which was becoming the first language of the entire known world at that point. Yeah. And so we have the Old Testament written in Greek before Jesus was born, and then the New Testament was written in Greek. So the, uh, the Septuagint becomes a real bridge between the Old and New Testaments. Mm. And the point being that because it was translated then, and there's the historical evidence of that taking place, everything that is in the Old Testament is like historically locked, locked in, in as being yeah, written, has been written before, before that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at an absolute minimum, all these things that were said about Jesus were written a minimum of 120 years before Jesus. The reality is is that we know that the last book written in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, was written some 400 years. But, you know, even if you want to try to argue any dates, you've got the problem of it being locked in by the Septuagint. Yeah. So, you know, the, the reality of Jesus is mind-blowing that a man that that fulfilled all of these prophecies even existed is is just out of this world. Well, literally, it's out of this world, right? It's <laughs> out of this dimension. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 supernatural, it's extraterrestrial, it's you know, it's it's he literally has come from somewhere else. And and this the fact that it is all recorded in the old testament like that is just the evidence that this truly is God. And, and I'm kind of hammering this point because I want you as a new believer to understand that what you're believing in is really real. Yeah. It's not just it's not just some vague notion and some idea built on some ancient texts. This this Jesus that we we know and experience is is both historically and spiritually and personally Actually, more real than even you and I. Amen to that. <laughs> Statistically yeah. speaking, yeah. He, he, his reality is even greater than our own. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what was the purpose of Jesus coming? Um, you know, there, obviously he had a reason, and the the first point of that being that he came to to be a sacrifice to pay for our sins. And uh, Jared, I'll get you to read for us um, this this scripture in Hebrews 10, verse 10 to 14. Yep. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. 
Then he sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So, like, why a sacrifice, guys? What, you know, I mean, in our society, we don't give a sacrifice to anything, right? Explain for, you know, us stupid sheep. What is, why a sacrifice? What, you know, can, can you guys give us some any light on that? Yeah, well, for me, um, I always think back to the verses in the Old Testament that talk about, you know, the wages of sin is death. If you do something wrong, there's a cost that needs to be paid for it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're the one who's continually doing it wrong, you don't have any goodness left to be able to pay the cost of the bad that you've done. And so you need someone who hasn't done something wrong. Someone who's not guilty, as innocent, can come along and pay what you're guilty of. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So... Jesus being perfect. And and I, I guess the other thing is this, right? He's God. Yeah. So if he chooses that this payment is sufficient, then it's sufficient. Yeah. It's right. Because he's the creator. He's making the rules. Yeah. 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 So he, he says, I'm going to pay for sin by doing this act. Mm. I'm, I'm going to die as... A perfect being to pay the price for all those imperfect. Um, which, again, this you know this shows the love of God that He would be willing to do that. And in Romans, it says that that while we were still sinners, He chose mm-hmm. to pay for our sin. And uh, it just shows the, the passionate love that God has for each one of us. Um, Jesus was also resurrected from the dead. Uh, let's have a look at um, Luke 24, verse 6 to 7. And I really hope that as you're, uh, you're, you're listening to this, remember, take the time to jot down the Scriptures uh or stop and open up your Bible and look at these scriptures. Like there's something powerful in actually seeing this stuff, you know. So take the time to look at these scriptures for yourself. Yeah. Luke 24, 6 and 7 says, He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Yeah, and First uh, Thessalonians four fourteen. For once we believed that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. And this is a fantastic thing about it: is because Jesus was resurrected. There's a promise we get resurrected. Yeah, yeah, and and as a as a believer, as a follower of Christ, one of the key things that we carry, the message, we, we call it the blessed hope or the glorious hope, is that one day we're all going to be brought back to life again. And, and I I, uh, I encourage you to have a look at First Thessalonians 4. It's one of my favourite scriptures that those of us who are alive will, will in no way proceed mm. 
those who have died, but the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah. With the voice of, of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And there is this wonderful promise yeah. that that all those who have died in Christ, one day we're gonna they're gonna be resurrected. And for those of us who, who are still alive on the earth, and honestly, guys, I, I know you, you know where I stand on that is I, there's something about this time that we're living in where I would not be at all surprised if we are the generation that doesn't die, mm. that, that are actually alive to, to see this event take place. Yeah. And, what an amazing day that's going to be when we're, we're all caught up and together we all get to, to meet Jesus. It's just going to be an amazing time. So that's a wonderful promise. That the fact that he was resurrected, the promise is, is that we're going to be resurrected too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where's Jesus now? You know, there is a whole lot that that uh, we can unpack on on this subject, but Jesus is our priest, and when you look at the Old Testament, you look at the the tabernacle, uh, and it's all designed on a blueprint of what's actually happening in heaven. And Hebrews outlines for us what Jesus is doing now that he's ascended into heaven. Uh, so, Jared, do you want to read for us Hebrews 7, verse 25? Yep. Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. And twelve twenty-four. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So Jesus is in heaven, and we're actually told there that his blood, his blood is on the mercy seat. Yeah, It's been sprinkled on the mercy seat. And rather than crying out for vengeance, like, like we read in Genesis, that Abel's blood cried out from the ground against Cain, the blood of Jesus on the mercy seat cries out for our forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's the, you know what I love about it? It's all a bit mystical. <laughs> but the aliveness of God yeah. is such that even his blood mm, yeah. speaks, has a voice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's a mystery. It's, in, it's yeah. one of those intense things. But nonetheless, this is what the scripture is telling us is yeah. taking place. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Now, the thing is, is with the almighty power of Jesus, why did he, like we were understanding that he died, but he rose again, why did he go away? And uh, John 16 answers that question for us. John 16, verse 7, But in fact, it is best for you, this is Jesus speaking, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The advocate? The advocate. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> What's the advocate? 
You asking them or are you asking us? I'm asking you guys to answer for them. It is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we need the Holy Spirit. We, he's called the advocate. Mm. He's called the comforter. Yeah. Um, he's our teacher. Yeah. Yeah. He empowers us. And, and in the next session, we're going to get right into who the Holy Spirit is. Like last session, we talked about God the Father. This session, we're talking about who Jesus is. And in the next session, we're going to get right into the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, you, we could have people listening to this at all different times, but uh, I'm sure that at some point in the near future, whenever you're listening to this, there will be another session of the School of the Spirit coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, we encourage you to do that because that's where you're going to learn all about mm-hmm. who the Holy Spirit is and how he wants to work through your life. And uh, so... Yeah, make sure you sign up for School of the Spirit. (laughs) All right. Uh, So he has gone away and sent the Holy Spirit to come, and we're going to talk about him in the next session. But the next thing that we know about Jesus is that he is going to come again. Uh, So, Jared, do you want to read uh, Acts 1 verse 11 for us? Sure. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So how did he go? He sent it up into a cloud. Yeah, lifted up into the clouds. And we're we're told in um, scriptures like Zechariah that that's exactly how he's going to come back. Um, Acts 17.31, Joe? Yep. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. So Jesus came as the sacrificial lamb. But when he comes back, he's coming back as king and judge. The lion. Yeah, that's right. We've had the lamb. He's coming back as the lion. Yeah. And uh, Revelation 1 verse 7 and 8 paints a bit of a picture of this. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be a... An amazing day when yes. he returns. Yeah. Terrifying day for those mm. who despise him. A glorious, a glorious day. day for us. Exactly. Yeah. What I love about this whole, we use, loosely use the term the second coming, when Jesus comes back. If you look at biblical prophecy as a whole, you go right through the whole scripture from start to finish. There are somewhere between 18 and 1900 different events, and about 1600 of them have been fulfilled. Mm. Uh, the ones that are left to it, to the last one, all relate now to the second coming. Yeah. There's literally nothing else to be fulfilled in Scripture other than the second coming from yeah. a prophetic point of view yeah. for the whole Bible. Yeah. It's, that's kind of a little bit nerve-wracking. It, yeah, <laughs> indeed. That should be a sobering thought if you process that properly. Yeah, and um, you know, I've, uh, at the time of this recording anyway, I've just recently finished doing a series that I called The Blessed Hope. And in that, we were talking about how 
for, for Jesus to come for his church, what we call the rapture, mm. there is no prophetic event that needs to be fulfilled for that to take place. Yeah. And yet we have seen uh, prophecies about the end times, the events that take place after the rapture of the church, that have already begun to be fulfilled. Yeah. Things like uh, uh, the book of Revelation talks about the nation of Israel. For 1,900 years, there was no nation of Israel. Then all of a sudden, in 1949, boom, Israel reappears on the map. Mm-hmm. And so it's while we didn't need to have an Israel for Jesus to return, we do need one for the last yeah. day's events to be fulfilled. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of like we're overdue or overripe. You know, the, yeah. we are so close to the end that things are already beginning to line up to fulfill that, that time of judgment and restoration that's spoken about in the book of Revelation. Mm. So we really are, this is why we believe that we're living in the last days. This is why we believe that we are... Um, uh, perhaps that generation that will be alive to see the catching away of the church. And is that not good reason to, if we're going to live this life for Christ, let's let's live it to the max. Let's run, as Paul said, run like one who's running to win the prize. And we just want to encourage you guys uh, as you're listening to this, Sprint with Jesus. Don't try to to make this some sort of half-baked little addition to your life. Uh, you know, we 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 just we just don't live like that. We don't believe in that. Yeah. To follow Jesus means to totally follow Him and just be sold out for Him. And, and yeah, it'll cost you. Um, I know, Chris. It's it's cost you some friends and. Family relationships. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, Jared, what are some of the things you would look at and say it's cost you to, to run for Christ? Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Friendships, family. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for me, certainly things like reputation and, and uh, people's opinion of me and things like that. Yeah. And. We we sitting here. We will tell you it's all worth it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And we just want to encourage you to run for God. Uh, I'm just going to throw it open to you guys. Um, is there any last things that you would um, like to 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 say to the listeners about who Jesus is and uh, any encouragements in that direction that you'd like to make? After you, Jerry. Um, well, there's one thing I've just had on my mind this during this discussion is uh, something that I didn't really come to fully realize until earlier this year. I was listening to a message from Bill Johnson. Um, it seems that a lot of people, myself included, have this latent or subconscious understanding uh, or misunderstanding in their minds that when the scriptures talk about Jesus being fully God but fully human, um, and it's like he does all these amazing things and he lives his perfect life and he does, you know, miracles and, and all that sort of stuff. 
there's kind of this thing in the back of your mind that goes, well, yeah, but he's God, so of course he can. So like it, 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 it separates, there's something in our minds that separates us from, from him. It's like, well, of course he was able to do that. No, I'm not mm. because I'm not fully God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I watched this, uh, this message from Bill Johnson a while ago where he, um, went into detail about how it's actually Jesus fully emptied himself of the powers of God so that he could become fully human. Yes, he was God, but he actually willingly gave up all of that power to come down and, mm-hmm. and uh, become fully human, which for me, at least I know a few other people that have, that have seen that message and, and talked about it with me. Um, it definitely kind of unlocked that that kind of latent understanding. It's like, no, he really was fully human because he gave yeah. up all of that to come down with us um, and, yeah, just kind of helped bridge a gap for me, I guess, um, in my, you know, rather than having to kind of catch myself thinking about something, it's it's become more of a base understanding. Um, yeah. I was going to say the same thing but from a different angle. When he makes those claims that we looked at right back at the start, um, he doesn't say, I carry the light. He says, I am the light. Yeah. He doesn't say, I hold the gate open. He says, I am the gate. Mm. Not, I offer you resurrection. I am resurrection. He declares mm. these things that they are his nature. Yeah. And so we look at that. And like Jared said, I came to the point where I went, oh, well, that's okay for Jesus. He's God. Yeah. I'm not God. I can't do those things. But then we hit those scriptures where it says he denied that part of himself. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going you now, but it's from a different angle. Yeah. I look at that and I think it's like if I was to say to a child, all right, I'm going to play tennis against you, but I'm not going to use my tennis hand. I'm going to use the other hand, which I've never used before to play tennis. So I can show you how to do this the way you will have to do it, yeah. having never done it before. So I'm putting my good hand behind my back and I'm going to pick the racket up with my other hand, having never held a racket in that hand before and I'm starting from scratch. And knowing what I know about life and the universe and everything, I'm going to show you how to play tennis with my wrong hand. And I'll yeah. prove to you that you can do it as well. Yeah. And that's really what he did. He could have put the racket back in his right hand and picked up his powers again at any moment. But the fact that he relinquished that unto death, yeah. I mean, it's all right to talk about a game of tennis, win or lose doesn't matter. But to be tortured, crucified, to suffer the humiliation, the anguish that he went through, to never once go, you know what, I'm just going to pick my powers up and obliterate all of them, mm. shows that love really does conquer everything. Yeah. And and that's that's who he is for me. Yeah. I really love that, guys. You know, I, one of the questions I often ask is, when did Jesus become Jesus Christ? Yeah. Because Christ means anointed, anointed one. Anointed, yeah. And... Uh, of course, it was when the Holy Spirit came on him when he was baptized in water. Yeah, he was filled with power, and it says that he went out with power from that day. Yes, and you know, here here we are. That same Holy Spirit that rested upon Jesus now rests on us, and can rest upon you, the listener, in exactly the same way. Uh, and and in doing that, we become. Inverted commas, Christ, yeah. the the anointed ones, you know. So it's Jared Christ, Chris Christ, Todd Christ. We we are the anointed. We yeah. carry that anointing in our lives. And uh, uh, if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about that in the next session. And uh, we'll, you know, it's going to be great to unpack that. But. God's intention for you is to walk in the same authority, yeah. the same power, the same victory that Jesus walked in as a man yeah. on the earth. He wants that for you. So we just pray for you today as uh, you're listening to this. We we ask Holy Spirit, the, the revelation 
of who Jesus is would be revealed to, to those who are listening. Lord, that you would you would make yourself known the reality of Jesus Christ, the Lord, Amen. Would, would come to each one who's listening today. And, yes. and we thank you that you are the man who walked the sea of Galilee and who died for our faith. But we thank you that when you walk, you walk in victory and power as the Christ. And we also thank you that you are now ascended into heaven. Eyes of fire, hair white as wool, feet like burning bronze, and that you, you are victorious and you reign. You have ascended Jesus Christ, the Lord. And we, we acknowledge you as that today. Thank you that, that you are there making intercession on our behalf. And we love the Holy Spirit. We just invite you into the life of, of everyone who is listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you in the next session of the Holy Spirit.